You're listening to a podcast from the Journal of the American Association of Nurse Practitioners. I'm Kim Curry, Editor-in-Chief of the Journal. Welcome to Here's the Issue, featuring our September 2020 issue of the Journal. And this is a themed issue on professional development. Our guest today is Dr. Mary Ellen Roberts, who served as Associate Editor for this issue, along with Dr. Rod Hicks and Dr. Judy Berg. Dr. Roberts, thank you very much for being on the podcast today, and tell us a little bit about this issue of the Journal. This issue deals with topics in nurse practitioner professional role development. Professional role development was an important topic of two previous themed issues at JAANP, Berg et al. 2017 and Hicks et al. 2019. This third themed issue expands on the professional role needs of nurse practitioners at any stage of their careers. Professionalism is defined by Miriam Webster as the conduct, aims, or qualities that characterize a professional person. Although there may be differences by professional group, major themes across all include mastery and maintenance of necessary specialized knowledge, delivery on promises, honesty and integrity, accountability, respect for others, self-regulation, and maintenance of a professional image. The present issue focuses on mastery and maintenance of specialized knowledge, accountability, and maintenance of a professional issue. We present history of development of the NP role by NP colleagues who pioneered the role in a variety of practice settings. These same pioneers enlighten us upon their unique challenges and how they solved problems encountered. It is important that Loretta Ford was one of the pioneers who answered our queries, and her perspective adds dimension to knowledge of our early history. This themed issue highlights specific skills important to all professional NPs, including how to build a curriculum vitae, resume and bio sketch, the importance of NP faculty in on-site clinical evaluations, and nuts and bolts of mentoring, as well as leaping from clinical practice to academic faculty. As well, the contemporary practice requirements related to relative value units are discussed and alert us all to how this affects a changing practice landscape. The essential skills covered in this issue are generally not developed within NP educational programs, but are acquired after graduation. The purpose of this issue is to describe some of the professional role needs of NPs across their careers and relate these to professional role development and skill acquisition. Skill development for NPs includes the essential skill of developing the role in practice. Early NP leaders were queried by Berg in Perils of Not Knowing History of the NP Role. Six such early NPs pioneered the role in a variety of practice settings, and their responses to four short answered questions about how they established their role and dealt with issues and pushback illuminate lessons learned. Many such lessons are applicable to role establishment and contemporary practice issues. These same six NPs 
noted the ways NP practice has changed since those early days and imparted some pearls of wisdom for today's NPs. Throughout the paper, Loretta Ford, co-founder of the NP role, admonished all to remember we are first and foremost nurses and our practice is founded in nursing philosophy. She noted that nursing values are likely the core of our success as primary care providers. Certainly, NPs achieve high levels of patient satisfaction, and these data encourage us to continue providing high-quality patient-centered care. Skills acquired by the six NP leaders interviewed are useful to contemporary NPs who may be pioneering the NP role in a new practice setting or amending parameters of the role as scope of practice expands. Resnick et al. encouraged us to learn from the wisdom and experiences of our early leaders almost a score of years ago. Responses to the four questions posited were collated and provided an interesting juxtapositioning of what Loretta Ford and Henry Silver intended and what actually happened as the pioneer NPs were queried, established the role, withstood pushback, and observed practice changes from then to now. The pearls of wisdom they offered range from a focus on the patient to political and professional obligations, mentor and be mentored, join professional organization to add to our collective voices, give back and be politically savvy and involved. For stewardship of the NP role, we are admonished to embrace change because these pioneers saw it as inevitable. Overall, the words of wisdom afforded by these early NPs can serve as a process for negotiating the future of the NP role. Nurse practitioners require professional documents at all stages of their careers. These documents include a CV, resume, and bio sketch. The paper in this collection by Hicks, Berg, and Roberts titled CV, Resume, and Bio Sketch, Important Documents of the Professional APN, defines and details these documents. It is apparent that all three documents are necessary for NPs to aid in negotiating their professional role. For example, job applications most likely require either the CV or the resume, but application for leadership position in an organization might require a brief bio sketch. Moreover, bio sketches are frequently requested from individuals who are delivering a professional presentation at a meeting. In such a case, the biosketch is used as the speaker introduction. The distinction between a CV and resume is not completely clear. However, this paper stresses similarities and differences between the two and provides guidance as to which should be used. Primarily, the CV lists accomplishments in broad areas that include scholarship, education, research, service, and practice. A resume provides summaries of experiences, abilities, and skills. Often, submission of either document is requested, and that provides direction for the applicant NP. Detail about biosketches is separated into two different types, NIH biosketch and a narrative biosketch. The two are quite useful for NPs because their purposes are different. 
Whereas the NIH biosketch is totally prescriptive for NPs submitting grant applications to the NIH, narrative biosketches have an array of purposes and formats. For example, the narrative biosketch highlights the abilities and accomplishments of NPs that support the activity at hand. A biosketch that introduces a speaker must include education, activities, and experience that support the presentation. A biosketch to accompany application for office in a professional organization must include the activities and experiences that underscore the NP qualifications for the position. But all biosketches must be brief, concise, and clear. Nurse practitioners have a responsibility to create and maintain the three professional documents detailed in this paper. By detailing the elements of each document, Hicks and colleagues provide guidance and a blueprint for creating these documents. Keeping all three documents up to date can facilitate application for employment, organization work, and professional presentations. Now, Dr. Roberts, I know that you also co-wrote a manuscript for this issue on the very important topic of faculty doing on-site clinical evaluations of students. A lot of faculty have great interest in that topic, as you know. Tell us a little bit about why you wanted to focus on that topic. The American Academy of Nurse Practitioners Certification Board really felt that it was important for us to look at on-site clinical evaluations that faculty do for their students. We realized that faculty have a responsibility to the profession and to students to assure that graduates are prepared for the role in today's clinical environment. So the value of NP faculty who perform these on-site clinical evaluations is truly underestimated. We know that these on-site visits are an important component of NP education. So the American Academy of Nurse Practitioners Certification Board developed guidelines for awarding of clinical hours for recertifications. We wanted to give insight into the importance of completing these on-site clinical evaluations for our NP students. And we really wanted to stress the importance of these visits the challenges that faculty encounter when doing these visits, and the needs of programs and guidelines for awarding of the clinical hours. I know our next article by Corcos is one that many nurse practitioners face at some point in their career, which is making the leap from clinical practice to the academic role. Can you tell us a little bit about that one? article really explores new roles and responsibilities that are available to clinicians and offers a path to renovate of nurse practitioners' career. The role of academician and nurse faculty broadens career horizons, presents a sense of autonomy, and offers unique opportunities for teaching, to participate in research, build your leadership skills, and contribute to the healthcare delivery system at a higher level. APNs offer consider a shift to academia, but are concerned about the unfamiliarity of the entire process. This article will offer elements a clinician will likely encounter throughout the transition to a faculty role, and it includes expectations for the application and the interview, how to negotiate for a position, and orientation to the role of an academic. That's great. Thank you. The next manuscript I know is by Barker and Kelly, and it's the manuscript on mentoring and how it relates to 
lifelong learning. Nurses who are in NP role have long embraced mentorship to engage in lifelong learning and to increase personal development and professional growth. These authors outline the core elements of a mentoring dyadic relationship in their paper entitled Mentoring, a Vital Link in the Nurse Practitioner Professional Development. The elements covered in this include a formal dyad relationship, uh, reciprocity, mutual respect, professional growth, person development, trustworthiness, objectives, and a way to meet them, clear expectations, shared values, personal connection, provision of a place to ask hard questions, navigation of roadblocks, and using the lessons learned. They stress that mentoring is important at all stages of professional development. And for this reason alone, the paper contributes to this themed issue on issues in professional role development. This paper can be used as the template for developing a formal mentoring relationship and is useful for both the mentor and the mentee. For example, they stress that the mentor must recognize that ongoing learning is bi-directional and includes that the mentor may learn from the mentee. As well, the paper entails stages to expect in the mentor-mentee relationship, and this is particularly useful when planning goals and timelines. Thank you. And our last feature in this issue is the manuscript by Shepard and Duncan on relative value units. And the title is RVUs, Friend or Foe? Practice is ever-changing. Um, just as the NP role has greatly expanded, clinical practice issues have broadened and changed. One contemporary issue that challenges NPs in a variety of practice settings is relative RVUs. Shepard and Duncan contributed an important paper to this issue. The authors note three main components for calculating RVUs as work, practice expense, and malpractice. Using a complicated formula with these three components, the result is ultimately a dollar amount for a service. Although productivity has long been discussed as a measurement for all clinicians, RVUs appear to prioritize productivity in ways that may not incorporate emotional support or patient education, which are strengths brought by NPs to healthcare. Their work alerts NPs to the pros and cons of RVUs often tied to compensation. They also note that RVUs and CPT coding may continue to be part of our healthcare system. Universal benchmarks of number of RVUs that MPs should reach in a year do not currently exist, and for RVUs to be the sole measure of productivity and practice achievement is fraught with problems. Therefore, NP professional role development should include knowledge of the strengths and limitations related to productivity and use of RVUs to measure performance. Thanks very much, Dr. Roberts, for summarizing those manuscripts. Do you have any closing remarks you'd like to make about the issue? Yes, this themed issue of JAANP provides several aspects of the NP role not traditionally included in NP education programs. This collection of papers includes skill development related to establishing and maintaining the NP role in practice, professional documents, NP preceptor development, mentoring, and knowledge of productivity measurement, including an academic's beginner's guide. Together, these add to the cadre of professional role development articles published by JAANP 
to underscore the need for lifelong learning. Thank you again for coming on our podcast today. And thanks to all of our listeners. And be sure and look for more podcasts from the Journal of the American Association of Nurse Practitioners.